Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Happy Friday. It's Friday, December 15th, 2023. Appreciate you listening to the one, the only EWTN. Great lineup as usual today. Thanks to my amazing producer and all the amazing guests that are out there willing to talk about the things that matter most, as Al Cresta says, in the one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. The one, the only, Doug Keck, joining us as he does every Friday at 15 minutes past the hour. He's the president and chief operating officer of this fine network, and we give you this segment every Friday. We call it the Inside Word. It's the scoop you get ahead of various programs that will air on radio, TV, and online, so you can make a note of it and be prepared. And especially this time of year, I am telling you, it's crazy good. All kinds of wonderful programming to keep you focused on Jesus. Amen. Yay, Jesus. And we're going to talk about that at the bottom of the hour in our Fact Check Friday that we do every Friday. So I was thinking a lot about, well, a lot of things, especially at Christmas time and Advent, you really start to hopefully reflect and, and look back and you know, look at the big picture of life. We should be doing that more than just you know during the seasons. We should be praying about all the time, but I think it's more heavily emphasized in our lives at this point if we're, if we're paying attention. So Dr. Barbara Nicolosi, if you recall the interview we did with her yesterday on this new movie from Disney, Tanking at the Box Office, Wish, which is just so anti-God, anti-Christian, and so woke, it's just crazy. And they're losing money like crazy, but they just don't seem to care. They're pushing their agenda. And then we also had the story yesterday, which I thought was very interesting. And these are little snippets from the culture, and I think we can... Uh, take some comfort in this. And we, we don't want people to fail or lose jobs. But what I'm saying is, is, is the reason we can take comfort is that the truth is still the truth. And as Ecclesiastes says, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. The natural law is a natural law. We can learn more about the church teachings, a lot more as we, uh, science develops, whatnot. For example, in the last 50, 60 years, think of how much more we've learned about the beautiful development of the child in the womb doesn't change what it is. It's a child, it's a human being, but we've learned so much more about in utero development in the last 50, 60 years about life, right? The truth doesn't change, as John Paul II always said. And so you keep that in your mind when you hear these little snippets, like why are these movies, not just Wish, but also the new Marvel movie with the whole radical feminist message that they had out there, that tanks at the box office. And then you hear a little positive story, right? A little glimpse Yesterday, I had a story about how the classical music songs are charting the billboard, uh, topping the billboard charts. The very classic Christmas carols. Coincidence? I think not. So the point of the story is, and we should always keep this in mind, that God is still God. He is still on his throne. And earlier this week, I did an interview, in-depth interview with our friend Joseph Pierce on his beautiful new book, and you are going to love this. We're going to be sharing it with you uh, over the holidays. The good, the bad, and the beautiful. And it's the same kind of thing, because what he does is he looks at history in different dimensions, and he pulls back, and by the way, it's from Ignatius Press, and he's helping us understand that the church has been with us for two, over 2,000 years, right? But what's happened in those 2,000 years? There's been ups and downs, ins and outs, crazy times, uh, good popes, bad popes. But every single season... God raises up saints, and the church is still with us 
2,000 plus years later, looking at the big picture, the good, the bad, and the beautiful. And so I was looking at various websites as I do every morning to put the show together and put the news together. And always uh, at the top of my list is Catholic News Agency, the National Catholic Register, because they do an excellent job of covering stories with balance and accuracy, especially from a faith perspective. And came across this beautiful story about a homily given by the wonderful, wonderful Cardinal, Raymond Cardinal Burke. And this is before I looked at the readings today. And the good Cardinal is talking about the culture which ties into, of course, Fact Check Friday, because that's what we look at each week, news media, media in general, and how so many people today, even in the church, are saying, oh, we have to buy into what the culture is teaching. But he's so encouraging in this homily, and he says, nope, here's what we have to do. And it's just like Jesus, the same yesterday and today and forever. So we're going to talk about that as it ties in to what we're seeing in the culture in our Fact Check Friday segment. And then last but not least, talking about the wisdom of the church and the wisdom of the saints and the wisdom of the Bible. There's a new book I want to tell you about, especially for the ladies, and make a great Christmas gift. It's called Wisdom from Women in Scripture. And my good friend Kelly Walquist, who's the editor and also has a chapter in the book, is joining us. It's being released right now, and it's a link. Uh, you can find a link on my Facebook page at Mrs. Teresa Tomio. And it's a beautiful book, and it's a compilation of individual chapters with various authors, myself, Kelly Walquist, Dr. Mary Healy, talking about women in Scripture and the lessons we can learn from them. So Kelly will be along to tell us all about it. So that is our show for a Friday morning as we are entering almost, can you believe it, the third week of Advent. So we have Doug Keck after the news, Fact Check Friday, and Kelly Walquist coming to you on this December 15th, 2023. So what's the weather looking like as we get closer to Christmas? Well, we have, according to the National Weather Service, a storm system moving across the plains today with periods of rain and some snow, a few thunderstorms possible across the southern plains and lower Mississippi Valley later today into tonight, and then a developing storm in the Gulf of Mexico tracking up the east coast this weekend. Heavy rain, strong winds, and coastal impacts are expected. So that's what it looks like. But in terms of snow, there's a little bit, as we mentioned in that last forecast, but still pretty warm in most parts of the country, even in the Midwest. In Michigan, we're seeing, I think, almost record-breaking temperatures. It's going all the way up to almost 60 today, which is pretty unheard of in the middle of December. Six minutes past the hour, lots of news to get through, so let's get started on a Friday morning here on EWTN. Well, pro-life groups are cheering a move by the high court to hear the case challenging the most widely used abortion pill. Justices are deciding whether the FDA's recent changes to mifeprestone, allowing it to be sent through the mail, should be allowed at all. A pregnant woman doesn't have to visit a doctor in order to take this abortion pill. That's dangerous. That's Kim Schwartz with Texas Right to Life. It was earlier this year that a federal judge in Texas, who's a Trump nominee, issued a ruling that suspended FDA approval. Abortion opponents have been trying to get the drug off the market, but the Supreme Court will not take up that particular suit. An in-person visit is needed to determine the age of the preborn child to see if she's further along than what would be good for this drug. Schwartz adding the Biden administration skirted the law when they allowed the drug to be sent through the mail. 
The Biden administration, meanwhile, says there's been no assessment in other news on whether Israel is following international law regarding Hamas. The State Department was asked on Thursday whether Israel was using supplied weapons from the U.S. appropriately. Spokesman Matthew Miller said the administration is monitoring the conflict and urging Israeli forces to minimize civilian casualties. Michael Kastner tells us we're learning more about the arrest of an Ohio teen. He's accused of plotting a mass shooting and a synagogue in Canton, Ohio. Court records show the FBI was tipped off by the social media platform Discord about the 13-year-old's online discussions of plans of violence against the Temple Israel. The FBI reports learning that the teen was possibly coordinating with an individual in Washington state. When questioned by authorities at the suspect's home, the teen is reported to have told investigators that he was part of multiple anti-Semitic groups on the social media platform. The teen is scheduled to appear in Stark County Family Court next week on misdemeanor charges of inducing panic and disorderly conduct. The U.S. has seen a continued and terrifying spike in anti-Semitic incidents since the Israeli-Hamas war first began in October. That according to the Anti-Defamation League. You can find more about this on CatholicNewsAgency.com. But from the war's outbreak on October 7th in the U.S., anti-Semitic incidents reaching the highest number of incidents during any two-month period ever surveyed by the ADL. Between October 7th and December 7th, ADL says, they recorded a total of over 2,000 anti-Semitic incidents, up from 465 incidents during the same period last year, representing a 337% increase year over year. The ADL also saying those anti-Semitic attacks include 40 incidents of physical assault, 337 of vandalism, 749 of verbal or written harassment, and nearly a thousand rallies that included anti-Semitic rhetoric, expressions of support for terrorism against the state of Israel, and or anti-Zionism. Russian leader Vladimir Putin taking questions from citizens during a marathon four-hour news conference yesterday. Kira Simmons was there and has more on the discussions about Ukraine. Zelensky's failure so far to gain billions more in aid during his trip to Washington was noticed in Moscow. These freebies may end someday, and apparently they are ending little by little, Putin said. Putin took calls from across Russia's 11 time zones during the Moscow news conference's first since invading Ukraine last year. Lisa Taylor tells us the Senate remaining in session next week as bipartisan talks on border policy and Ukraine aid continue. The Senate was scheduled to adjourn at the end of this week for the holiday recess, but lawmakers have decided to stay in town to make progress on a deal before the end of the year. Republicans are adamant that any aid for Kyiv in its war with Russia must be coupled with U.S. border policy changes, and the White House has taken a more prominent role in negotiations. The House, however, has already left town. Former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, House Speaker, is saying farewell to Congress. Thank you for ever giving me this opportunity to serve you. To America, I loved every single day. The California Republican giving his last speech on the House floor yesterday as he's retiring at the end of the year. He thanked his constituents for allowing him to serve in the chamber, calling on lawmakers to always do the right thing, even if it puts their job at risk. McCarthy was ousted as speaker earlier this year by a handful of Republicans unhappy with concessions he made to Democrats on a government spending measure. Twelve sailors are safe after a rescue by a Carnival cruise ship and the U.S. Coast Guard. The Carnival Vista finding six men in the ocean near the Dominican Republic on Wednesday after their cargo ship had capsized. The men alerted the cruise ship that another six were unaccounted for. The Coast Guard came in and found the remaining survivors as well after a search. And dozens of folks are left dangling upside down over 100 feet in the air 
after a roller coaster got stuck at a Japanese amusement park. Universal Studios Japan in Osaka says 32 people were riding on the Jurassic Park-themed flying dinosaur on Thursday when it got stuck at its highest point, about 130 feet high. No one was hurt, and the park says all the passengers were guided to safety. A park representative says the flying dinosaur is now closed and under inspection. And GM will be laying off around 1,300 Michigan workers early next year because of two vehicle and vehicles ending production. Some 945 people losing their jobs at the Lake Orion Assembly Plant where the Chevrolet Bolt is built. The rest of those layoffs will be at the Lansing Grand River Assembly Plant where GM is ending production of the Camaro. And the Census Bureau is proposing some changes to the way it collects info on disabled people. And some experts warn that could end up undercounting the actual number of disabled people in the population. The demographics report asks folks to answer yes or no to questions about things they have difficulty with. A test of the new question saw people defined as having a disability drop from 14% to 8%. And Aaron Real tells us if affordability is a top priority on your retirement destination wish list, you may want to consider the Buckeye State. Youngstown, Ohio ranks as the most affordable place to retire in the U.S., according to U.S. News and World Report. The outlet analyzed 150 of the largest metro areas in the U.S. and based their findings on factors like housing affordability, retiree taxes, and access to quality health care. In the second spot is Hickory, North Carolina, followed by Springfield, Missouri, Brownsville, Texas, and Huntington, West Virginia, rounding out the top five. The least affordable retirement city, San Jose, California. Holiday travelers once again on the East Coast being told, as we mentioned earlier, to get ready for some stormy weather. We're learning more information about what could happen next week. Forecasters are saying two storms slamming into each other early next week, bringing heavy rain and strong winds to millions along the eastern seaboard. A low-pressure system moving across Florida also expected to merge with the system that dumped rain and snow on Texas, creating a larger system that forecasters say will move up the coast and dump heavy rain from Georgia to New England from Sunday night until Tuesday. However, no snow is predicted in the storm because forecasters say the air won't be cold enough. And finally, in our new segment at 14 minutes past the hour on a Friday, December 15th, with the holiday travel season about to kick into high gear, the Transportation Security Administration says they're prepared, and so are the airlines, such as Southwest. Here's CEO Bob Jordan assuring travelers this year is going to be different. We've invested in... Uh, trucks and new pads and staffing and, and technology. I'm very, very proud of our people. We are ready for winter. And bad weather is setting off a cascade of problems last year for Southwest and other airlines. According to TSA, the busiest travel time will be between Christmas and New Year's. It's recommended folks arrive to the airport at least two hours before their scheduled flights to make sure they have enough time to get through security. But we have lots of time to chat with Doug Keck. That'll be a lot of fun and also very uplifting, looking at all the programming coming up during the Christmas season, which is right around the corner. And we're moving already into the third week of Advent. It is a Friday, December 15th. We appreciate your listenership. This program co-produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. We'll be right back on a Friday. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? 
Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Seventeen minutes past the hour. Welcome back, Catholic Connection. A Friday morning. Doug Keck joins us every Friday. He's the president and chief operating officer of the network. And Doug, great to catch up with you already almost into the third week of Advent. And it's so wonderful to know that there's such good programming to turn to. You and I were just talking about the craziness out there. And yesterday we had the interview with Dr. Barbara Nicolosi talking about this ridiculous movie, Wish, which thank God is tanking at the box office. But I I really believe in my heart of hearts when you see a story like that, that this movie and these others that Disney has put out uh, over the, the last couple of months and years, and even what the Hallmark Channel and Lifetime are doing now, and how they continue to tank everywhere. They're not getting the ratings. They're not getting the money at the box office. They're not getting a clue. So that's even more, all the more reason we need EWTN. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully some of the effect is starting to get to people in the industry because money ultimately is number one. But so many of these people live in a, a particular bubble with a particular perspective that they, they just don't understand why that perspective is rejected or why people have a problem with it. It's kind of like what we've seen kind of with some of the uh, clueless statements coming out of some of the universities. I mm-hmm. mean, these people live in these, again, academic bubbles where at the cocktail parties they all totally agree with one another right. and they can't believe that somebody would find that perspective that they have uh, to be offensive. And, and uh, hopefully people are waking up to the fact that and I think the pandemic, if it had one good thing to it, it was right. that people became much more aware of what their children and what is being taught and being proffered to people, um, you know, and, and people woke up and realized, wait a second, this is not what I want my kids learning, or certainly these perspectives are not why I'm sending my, my son or my daughter my money to that university mm-hmm. for it to be uh, propagandized from this particularly bizarre perspective. Yeah, it is. It's amazing, isn't it? If you look at the line, the question that that uh, Congresswoman Stefanik asked, or Senator Stefanik, she basically said, "Okay, uh, what do you say about this statement about you know uh, Jews and genocide?" Well, it depends on the context. What? What? Right. Yeah. And they yeah, and well, they're surprised I- to the reaction. These people that you said they live in this bubble. That what do you mean? That's not you know acceptable. Well, it's- they they have this elitist idea that if they give you this lawyerly answer 
that that will be enough, you know, and I'll just say that, and that gets me off the hook. And But the average person out there knows what the truth is. They can see what the truth is. It's just like when you ask somebody what a woman is and they can't tell you, uh, you know, and it's like, well, it's pretty self-evident, and everybody, uh, every school kid knows the answer to this. The fact that you can't answer tells me that you're playing mind games with yourself and right. the rest of us. And yeah. and if we can't trust your judgment on that or your honesty about what's clearly true, then how can we trust you on any other issue where more things are up in the air or are more of an individual contextual perspective? Yeah. All the more reason, again, for E.W. Chen. So what are we looking at? Because they're walking into a beautiful, be- well, we're right. in a beautiful time of year, but with Christmas right, right around the corner. Absolutely. And one of the things that's always the toughest thing for us is always to uh, keep Advent as much as possible right. at the forefront without, you know, without forgetting the fact that from a secular perspective and even for many people, uh, Catholic and Christian, you know, Christmas is already here. Uh, and so we usually try to hold off on the heavy-duty Christmas program until about the 15th or so. So mm-hmm. this weekend is really when we start to roll out. Uh, you know, we continue our Advent reflections as we go into the third week of Advent. And, of course, it's very short because right. the fourth day of Advent is on Christmas Eve. So it's, it's <laughs> like one day. Uh, so you really only have uh, three weeks. Uh, so Advent, you know, is, is short this year. Uh, so uh, a classic movie with Donald O'Connor called Time to Remember, which we kind of run every uh, uh-huh. Christmas. It's uh, it's a wonderful story about a young boy who's trying to develop his gift and the Catholic priest who helps him do that. And uh, it, it's interesting. Years ago, there was a gentleman who had produced this movie, and he loved Mother Angelica and EWTN so much that he gifted the movie to uh, Mother Angelica uh-huh. and EWTN. And so we own the rights to that. And uh, we have the rights to that, and we air it uh, around Christmas time every year, and it's it's very very popular. Also, saving our faith, our own uh, Father Leo Padalinghood. That'll be on Sunday. Time to remember is tomorrow night's movie, so you can check that out on Saturday. Also on Sunday, carols by candlelight. Now this is uh, a new event from Knock, uh, so it's Christmas carols sung by candlelight coming from the Marian Shrine in Knock, Ireland. Uh, so that should be a beautiful beautiful wow. event. Uh, we've also got a couple of wonderful programs airing next week. You know, uh, the animated uh, program, The First Christmas, a uh, very traditional, beautiful one with narrated by Christopher Plummer. Again, a, kind of an annual Christmas event, mm-hmm. respite at Christmas program uh, uh, featuring a, an unusual event that happened during World War II. Uh, and also St. Valentine and Friendship and His Feelings. It's a Lucas Storyteller that's also airing. Uh, that'll be tomorrow. So we've got a whole group of programs and of course our regular programs which are all geared towards basically christmas and advent right now and you can also go to uh, ewtn's got a special page for tv special programming uh, if you go to our website look up there it's got programs just listed that are basically all of the cool. christmas oriented you've got concerts mm-hmm. beginning next week mother angelica live will feature a program uh, with a Christmas message from Mother Angelica. A Mall in the Night Visitors, that's the program that was produced locally in mm-hmm. uh, Detroit that Al uh, yeah. had put yeah. us on a couple yep. of years mm-hmm. ago, we, and we and we proudly have, have run that in the last couple of years. My Time with Jesus focuses on Christmas, so go there, and throughout the next couple of weeks, and certainly through the 12 days of Christmas, uh, you'll get EW10 Christmas programming, as always. I wanted to thank you for featuring on Life on the Rock and also on Catholic Radio, the young Anthony Coniglio, who's an amazing musician. And, and you were able to take the presentation he gave uh, last year at his parish and 
Archdiocese of Miami and, and narrow it down. And so it's going to be on a couple of times right, with radio right. and TV. Beautiful. Just beautiful. Absolutely. Job. And I heard yeah. you talking about that on the radio. And, and, you know, that's the kind of thing that was part of EW10's mission statement and always has been, which has been promoting the great work and the good works of other Catholic apostolates and other mm-hmm. Catholics who are out there, you know, trying to do the right thing. And we're one of the few platforms that exists for for these people you know there are many and had been for many years many christian platforms and some catholics would kind of transition and and show up here and there on there but there was never an overtly catholic platform and we always feel the responsibility to make sure that's why number one if we tend to be biased we'll you know we will tend to uh, go for someone who's a a catholic uh, performer or, or somebody with a catholic mission not because we don't care about the others, but because we feel like many times those people don't have the same access to the media and to right. reach out to people. And it's really important for people to understand, especially in these days, the great work that's actually being done by the laity. Yeah, and, and I think, too, that there's there's not that there isn't depth in, in all Christendom, of course, but the Catholic faith is, is so unique in this very, very deep well that never ends. And the particular understanding, for example, uh, of Anthony saying he was inspired by Father Mitch to meet with this doctor, this Ph.D. that's been on EWTN, and the whole connection with, with science and God and music, and, and right. looking at that from a Catholic perspective is super unique. So that's why the, the programs we have on are just fantastic. So we can find them again through EWTN.com, correct? Absolutely, and so many of our programs obviously will will, will be featured on our on-demand page as well, and we're, that's an ever-expanding outlet and resource for people, um, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if you're not familiar with it, you should check it out. Also check out our podcast central for all of our radio programs and audio yep. podcasts we carry, and many others people feature the best of the rest, we call them. Amen. And also we'll talk next week, God willing, about what's coming up for the weekend, uh, for Absolutely. Christmas Eve and all the great live programming as well from Rome. Doug, thanks so much. Have a blessed Thank weekend. You. And good Lord willing, talk to you a week from today. Doug Keck, our President and Chief Operating Officer of EWTN with the Inside Word. We'll be right back for Fact Check Friday. Stay tuned. Dr. Ray Garendi. To vent or not. If I get it off my chest, then I feel better. I've got to vent. Is this so? It's old theory, somewhat like a catharsis. You've got to purge yourself of these emotions and Lord help anyone who's standing in the way. It's old theory. It's inaccurate. Venting is generally not good for the hearers and it's not good for the venter. Venting may be good for dryers. It's not good for people. When we vent, we become more likely to vent. And when we are more likely to vent, we are more likely to hurt and say things we shouldn't say. Careful on the venting. Better to think about what you have to say before you vent. Father Benedict Groeschel. In the church, we speak of seven gifts. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, loyalty, courage, and reverence or fear of the Lord. When I speak about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and these gifts come, they give you the ability to go beyond your strength. If you're struggling to be a good person, a good member of your religion, you know it's a struggle and you don't always make it. I've been at it 
many, many decades, and I still struggle and trip and fall and have holes in my socks. Struggling to be a good person, something that we need help at. And this help comes to us by these gifts of the Holy Spirit. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. Eight minutes past the hour. I hope you're having a beautiful Friday morning so far as we are in the second week of Advent. Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. And every morning I uh, go to various websites to put the show together, look at the news, see what's being covered. And of course, at the top of that list is Catholic News Agency, National Catholic Register, and our other news sources to see what's happening. And I came across a beautiful story about the amazing Raymond Cardinal Burke. Now, I've known his eminence for many years, and I've been blessed to do events with him and also to interview him. And he is just as sweet and gentle in person, one-on-one, as he is when you see him giving a homily or just you know talking to someone. He's just an amazing, loving man of God and loves the church, loves Our Lady. And the story is a summation of the reflection he gave on the state of the world in the church in a homily that was given earlier this week in Wisconsin at the Shrine there for Our Lady of Guadalupe. And there's a link to the actual transcript, but Catholic News Agency did a beautiful job of summarizing it. Now, why are we using this for Fact Check Friday? Because within this wonderful homily that the Cardinal gave, he's talking about the impact of the culture. And so if you don't listen regularly, or maybe you're just starting to be a listener here at EWTN and Catholic Radio, every Friday for the last couple of years, I've been doing something called Fact Check Friday, where we look at issues in the culture. We look at the news media, yes. We always look at the news, the media overall, because the media are part of the news media, are part of this huge, huge operation there that is influencing the culture. But as Doug and I were mentioning in the previous segment, in our Inside Word segment, if we look at what's happening right now, we had Dr. Barbara Nicolosi, who's a wonderful screenwriter and a film critic for The Register, talking about how this new Disney movie, which was supposed to be the be-all and end-all and a follow-up to the Frozen movies, and it's going to be a big deal for them, a big splash, pun intended, because they're introducing a cruise ship by the same name. The movie is doing terribly, and that's an understatement at the box office. It's so woke. It's very anti-God and particularly anti-Christian. And it's just not a well-done movie, according to Barb, and she knows a lot about more about that than I do. But in terms of the artistic uh, implications and the way it was edited, everything else, she said, it just doesn't make any sense. But the bottom line is that it doesn't have a good message. And people are recognizing that. We also had the story, as I mentioned earlier yesterday, about what is popular in terms of, let's say, Christmas music. Topping the Billboard charts are the classics, the classic Christmas carols, not some of the crazy stuff that's out there that takes Christ out of Christmas. So at the end of the day, not to mention other movies that were supposed to be, you know, this big message about feminism, the latest Marvel film, that also bombed at the box office and others. I think at the end of the day, people, as Doug just said, are beginning to wake up out of this this sleep and thinking that there's only one message. People are tired of it. And even if they're not religious, so to speak, they're coming at it really, truly, we know from the perspective of natural law. And what the Cardinal does in this beautiful, beautiful homily, and I'll share some quotes from that homily in a minute, is he points this out very clearly and says that the more things change in terms of what we are called to do as Catholic Christians, the more things stay the same. 
All right. So, and why are we talking about this again on Fact Check Friday? Because he talks about the influence of the culture. And I read this beautiful article about his homily before I read the readings for today. So I'm just going to read a little bit from the homily, a couple of quotes, and then we're going to see the readings, and you'll see the connection here, the very Catholic connection, pun intended. Cardinal Raymond Burke, and by the way, you can find this article on catholicnewsagency.com, who in recent weeks has figured prominently in the news following a report that Pope Francis had removed him from his apartment at the Vatican, offered an extensive reflection on the state of the world in the church during the Mass he offered to coincide with the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th. At the time of the apparitions of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Cardinal said, the missionary church in what is today Mexico was suffering seemingly impossible challenges. The violent conflict between the Native Americans, the Spanish explorers, and the settlers, and the diabolical practice of massive human sacrifice on the part of the pagans. The Cardinal, the Prefect Emeritus of the Apostolic Signatura, the highest court in the Vatican, noted that in 1531, our Lord sent Our Lady to show the way to order and peace in our personal lives and in society, namely Christ. Through her apparitions and her abiding presence on the miraculous tilma of St. Juan Diego, Our Lady of Guadalupe showed the bishop and the whole church the way to overcome evil and to spread goodness is teaching the truth, praying in all times, offering all our love to God in sacred scripture, and practicing the truth in love. He went on to note the church in our times, facing similar seemingly impossible challenges, human life itself, marriage and the family, and the practice of the faith are all under constant attack from a culture, here's where the media come in, refusing to recognize God and to submit in obedience to his commandments. Many today violently rebel against God who reveals himself to us through reason and most fully and perfectly through the Catholic faith. The rebellion has beguiled even members of Christ's mystical body, leading them to abandon Christ in his way, leading them to apostasy. What are we to do? What is the church to do? The veteran cardinal observing that some, even among bishops, would tell us that the church has to change her doctrine, her sacred worship, and her discipline in order to accommodate the culture. Burke pointed out these members of the church forget the king in the parable of the wedding feast who had welcomed all the good and the bad to the marriage feast for his son when he saw a man who had no wedding garment had the man cast out from the banquet. Our Lord, he says, in the parable of the wedding feast, concludes it with the admonition, many are called, but few are chosen. Yes, the cardinal says, our Lord wants all of us to share in the banquet of divine grace, but we cannot do so unless our hearts, one with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, rest in his most sacred heart unless we allow ourselves to be clothed with him in our daily life. And the big finish, he said, the way of the church in today's crisis is the same way as it has always been. The teaching of the deposit of faith, all of the riches of the Catholic faith, daily prayer and worship of God in spirit and in truth, and a good and holy daily life. That does not change and will not change. And if you look throughout history with all the saints, how did they change the world? By changing themselves first, by doing just that, embracing the teaching of the faith and all the riches of the faith, daily prayer, worship of God and spirit and the truth, and a good, holy, daily life. So I'm reading this, right? And then, as always, I go to check the readings and the readings for today. The first reading from the prophet Isaiah, where the Lord is telling us, I, the Lord, teach you what is for your good 
and lead you on the way you should go. Right? If you would hearken to my commandments, your prosperity would be like a river and your vindication like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would be like the sand and those born of your stock, like its grains, their name never cut off or blotted out from my presence. Even the responsorial psalm today, brothers and sisters, those who follow you, Lord, will have the light of life. Bless a man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the ways of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he does prospers. And of course, the gospel also reminding us not to push God out of our lives. We don't have time to go through it from Matthew chapter 11. So again, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Pray, learn more about your faith, grow, and keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Always. That's what we're called to do, to make a difference in our own lives and in the world. More on that coming up, another resource that can help you do just that. Stay tuned. We have something that stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world. It's called the Word of God. The Word of God is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good, the true, and the beautiful. All that sets itself up as an opponent to Christ Jesus. The Word of God is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances. We always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's a judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays at 4 Eastern on EWTN Radio. 60 Seconds with Father Mitch Pacwa. Buddhism itself has a lot of different forms. There's no one type of Buddhism. When you get to Buddha himself, he was a complete agnostic and uh, supposed to have been a very wealthy prince who had everything but found that this was all hollow and empty, especially in the face of death. What he came up with as a basic principle is that the source of all suffering in life is having desires so you need to free yourself of all desires and then you won't suffer in this life anymore this would be very different from christianity where we don't want to give up our desire for god first we do believe that there is one god second we do believe that it's three persons in one god and thirdly that the goal of life is not emptiness but is union with god and through jesus christ that's the way of salvation the people you know and trust are on EWTN. We're all about the resources here at EWTN, and I'm so excited about this brand new resource, hot off the presses, breaking news, as we say in the business. But your friend and the fellow pilgrimage leader, Kelly Walquist, she is the director of the Catechetical Institute in the Archdiocese of Minneapolis-St. Paul, also the founder of Wine. Women in the New Evangelization, brand new book published by Word Among Us, along with Wine, and Kelly's the editor, also contributor. 
I'm one of the contributors, along with Dr. Mary Healy and so many other wonderful Catholic female authors. Wisdom from Women in Scripture. So, Cal, this was a treat. It's coming out early, right? Good morning. Good morning. I know. It's like a Christmas miracle. Yay! Not a super miracle, but it is. Yeah. It is. It's a huge treat. We we were expecting this to come out in January. So um, God must have wanted wisdom from women in Scripture in the hands of women all over the place, I guess. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the book in terms of where the idea came from, first of all. Well, I actually, even just listening to you earlier here on the show, I think right now, when we were thinking about this, what, over a year ago, um, just that concept of wisdom. What is wisdom? Because it's, there's, there seems to be such a lack of it in our world today. You know, mm-hmm. I think people, um, wisdom is more than head knowledge, you know, whether that knowledge comes from understanding or experience. You know, wisdom is applying knowledge with common sense and insight, you know, seeing as God sees. And <laughs> I don't know about you, but I think that our world could use that Oh yeah, a lot mm-hmm. right now, right? Mm-hmm. Just even common sense could be used. But now to see as God sees, to, to bring in sacred scripture into it. And I just feel that, like, I know my life is crazy busy and things are coming at me from every direction. Right. To have this ability to connect with the women in scripture and actually learn from them and kind of walk in their footsteps. You know, I think sometimes we feel like those women in Scripture are so far away. Right. You know, like, are they really even real? You know, and it's like, well, yeah, they are. And here's what they had. Here's what they went through. Here's how they believed, how they submitted to God. And here's the response. And we can do this as well. So how did you go about choosing all the authors? And then, of course, Dr. Mary Healy from Sacred Heart Major Seminary, and she's written so many books. She's a scripture scholar. She's a scholar with the Vatican on scripture. She's amazing. So she reviewed all the chapters, which even though Mary is friend, uh, and I are friends, this says you are friends, it was all kind of intimidating until she was <laughs> reviewing our chapters, like, oh, I hope I don't make any mistakes. But anyway, no, she's fabulous. So we've, we've got Dr. Mary, we've got you, we've got me, we've got Alyssa. Uh, who else? Uh, Melissa Overmeyer, uh, Elizabeth Kelly. I mean, these are really good, good, solid authors. You know, and when I was praying about this, um, it, it, it came very quickly, like who I wanted to be part of this. And, um, what was bizarre was, you know, the, then I had them pray about who do you want to, you know, speak about in Scripture? What woman speaks to your heart? Mm-hmm. And um, it was amazing that everyone came with a different person. You know, you'd think, like, 15 would be fighting over Ruth or something. It, right. It, it was so perfect. And you're right, with Mary Healy, I mean, she's such a, she's such a gift to the Church. She's a gift to me and our, and our friendship, and I know to you as well. Right. Um, but she's just so humble about it. You mm-hmm. know, she's just always so gracious to be part of something. And she starts off the, the book with the woman with the alabaster jar. Ugh. And what I love about each and every one of these chapters is you learn the Scripture— but it's not like you're, you know, sitting in a scripture class taking notes. You walk into a story. You walk into a story, and then that woman from scripture comes in, and then you see how she fits in the story, but then you see how she fits in your story, right. in your plan. And, you know, woman with the alabaster jar, there's, that's, she's, there's so little written about her. And yet, you know, Mary can write 5,000 words, and mm-hmm. she starts with a little story about a little boy named Pepito. And I'm, I, 
I'm reading it, and, you know, I'm, I'm crying. I'm like, this is so beautiful. And then your chapter on Esther, I'm, I'm reading yours, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, there's these nuggets of wisdom that um, people don't, you, you may not see when you're just reading something by yourself. Because I think, mm-hmm. like, you, you really pull out, you know, being dressed for success. Well, you, you talk about it in such a way that it's a spiritual wardrobe, and I love that, Put on your spiritual wardrobe, which just isn't your, your bling, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But it's, you, you describe it as, well, this is your praying, your fasting, you're totally submitting to God's will. That, you know, you have to have this spiritual wardrobe around you. And I also love, you know, like uh, when you start your chapter, you speak about how, um, how God constantly is drawing close to man. I mean, the catechism, first paragraph of the catechism teaches us this. Mm-hmm. But God uses everything, every means, opportunity, to get us to be close to Him. Right. And for you, <laughs> when you're a little girl, it was fashion. Right. And bling, and all this. Well, look at that. I mean, and you can take that and draw that into, um, you know, having draw you closer to Him through your love of fashion or design, and then... Bam, you're right in Scripture. So I, in every single chapter has something that is so relatable. Then that's, I think that's why I love it. I mean, I've loved editing this and mm-hmm. working with The Word Among Us. They were a delight, you know, and it just, I, I was just amazed. I, you know, I, I was reading your chapter, and I'm, I'm, I'm crying, but I, I'm crying tears of laughter. You know, when you tell a story about your, your parents, uh, in a car accident. And oh, my mother. Like a, yeah. It doesn't sound like a funny story but <laughs> <laughs> when you say it that way. But the way you, the way you, you wrote it, it has a good lesson in it. Yeah. But I'm laughing. I'm yeah. like, so it's a book where you can, you can relate, you can laugh, you can cry, you know, and you can come to know God's plan of sheer goodness for your own life. Yeah, I, when my, the, when another point that I try to make in that chapter, Dressed with Success, is that all of us have a platform now. It's not just people like you and, and I who are on the air or, or who teach or, you know, have books because of, of the internet and the way the world is seen, everybody has a platform. So how are you dressing for success? And everybody's watching, especially if, if, if you're proclaiming to be a Christian and in particular a Catholic Christian. So how are you presenting yourself for the Lord? Not d- talking about, okay, yes, it's important to dress neatly when you go out in public, obviously, but there are other ways that we dress and we could be dressing for success or utter failure in terms of evangelization, which is the point I was trying to make. Talking with Kelly Walquist, of course, she is a foundress of wine, Women in the New Evangelization, the website catholicvineyard.com. The new book, Kelly edited it, is published by Word Among Us. She also wrote a beautiful chapter. A number of uh, other amazing women, Dr. Mary Healy, love her work, Alyssa Borms, and so many others contributed to this beautiful book, Wisdom from Women in Scripture. So it's available today, right? I've got a link on it on my Facebook page. I know it's on your website. We're going to put it on the Ave bookstore. It is available today, right? It is available today, which is so exciting. And then um, coming out in January, we'll have the study guide and journal that goes with it. And we will be doing this book as a book club in Lent. I know that sounds like Lent is so far away. We are just, you know, in the throes of Advent. Lent's, like, really close. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's an early Lent this year. So we'll be, well, you know, we'll have more information, but we'll be doing it as a, a national book club during Lent and hopefully have all the authors on and to talk about it. Um, I just want to piggyback on what you were saying about us having everyone having their own platform. Um, in your chapter, you tell the reader that we are all broadcasters of faith. Yeah. And I thought, that is such, uh, that is such a good, you know, a good turn of phrase, because we're broadcasters of faith, not just in 
what we do or online or, you know what I mean? Like I'm, we do meaning if we're speaking or writing or whatever, but just in our actions and how we live our life. And we broadcast the faith by being kind and compassionate and loving and forgiving and, and praying and fasting and submitting to God's will. I mean, it's all these different little things that we can do that I think wisdom from women in Scripture really pulls out. Well, I think we don't realize how much we're being watched. Because you remember when we did the wine pilgrimage, which was a, a blast. It, it just went so beautifully. We had 45 women from around the country. And then uh, Deacon Dom was with us for part of the time in Italy and came and served at a couple of the masses. And a couple of the women came up to me and were making comments about how we were holding hands and how uh, they saw him look at me and me look at him. I wasn't even conscious of that. Um, but thanks be to God, because our marriage has been healed. We're, we really we are, are very affectionate, obviously. But... It's how you present yourself in the little things. People see a lot today. Yeah, I agree. And I even look at, excuse me, at that pilgrimage again. And just, I think one thing I hear a lot when people come on pilgrimage with us is they see, like, our relationship, yeah. our friendship, and, and the joy and just the, the giggling. I think even our, our uh, spiritual director, Father Clockman, after day two, he was just like, Oh my you God, too. you too. You too are crazy. <laughs> I mean, he's like, you just, you just, you're so joyful. And so, yeah, you know, but that, that overflows. And then the women around you have that too. So then they, they feel um, less vulnerable in the friendships that they're creating, right? Because right. they, they feel like, okay, look at, I see friendship. I see um, compassion. I see kindness. I see, so they want to be part of that. And actually, just bring, reminds me of something to bring it back to. Um, I'm going to go back to your chapter in the book on, on Esther. And um, I speak about this sometimes when I'm giving a retreat. But I, I say, you know, if you're standing and you're holding a cup of coffee and your friend comes over and, you know, knocks you and the coffee goes flying everywhere, and if you say to you, well, why did you spill coffee? The first common reaction would be, well, I spilled the coffee because, you know, she bumped me. And the reason is, the reason you spilled coffee is because coffee was what was in your cup. Had it mm-hmm. been water or wine or whatever, it would have spilled out. Meaning that whatever is inside of us, when life gets tough or, you know, difficult or we, whatever, whatever's inside of us, that's what spills out. So we want to have those virtues in us. We want to be patient, kind, loving, mm-hmm. gentle, you know, all these things. And I think when we look at a book or even a pilgrimage, or a book like Wisdom from Women in Scripture, we can enter into those virtues so that we can live them more, so that when someone does bump us, when life comes up and bumps us, what spills out of us is what we've been living. And instead of maybe snapping on someone or trying to cancel someone or get them fired, we can have compassion and mercy. And so I think it is something that this world needs immensely right now. Yeah, and it's such an uplifting book, and, and I think given, you know, I was just talking about this, as you heard during the, the last segment, where the world has just gone absolutely, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and, and we need to remind it, what Cardinal Burke said is, is so basic, but it's so true in terms of, look, keep your eyes on Christ, pray, embrace your faith, understand the church. It hasn't changed, and, and this book, I think, gives different perspectives from women at different, you know, areas of, of, of the country and things going on in their lives and, and, and what they love about the particular woman in Scripture, whether it's Esther or the Blessed Mother or whomever. And, and hearing from other people from different walks of life, I think can help us understand that the truth resonates in different ways, but it's still, at the end of the day, the truth. Amen. And, you know, and as, I, as I was reading all these chapters that were coming in, 
I was thinking, oh, there's going to be one I'm going to resonate with, really. I, I'm going to find one I'm really going to resonate with. You know, I wrote about the woman at the well. Right. And even her name, Fotina. And we don't hear that, you know, saying Fotina. And so you get to know her on a personal level. Well, what I loved is, as I'm reading this, the woman with the alabaster jar, the woman at the well, Ruth, Rahab, Esther, Blessed Mother, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I'm resonating with every one of these women. Like, there, there's a nugget in there that these authors have, have given me with each of these women. So, I mean, I, I, you're right. It's very uplifting. Um, it's very real. It, it puts you right there, and it's, it also it's a great direction. Yeah, I'm so happy I was a part of it. Uh, Kelly, thanks so much. We've got the uh, the journal and, of course, the study coming out early next year, but you can get the book right now. Again, the title, and we'll put a link to it on our – it's already on my Facebook page, but we'll also put it on the Catholic Connection Archive. You can also go to Catholic – uh, vineyard.com for the wine website, catholicvineyard.com, at Mrs. Teresa Tamio on Facebook. And I believe it is up or is going to be up at the Ave Maria Radio Bookstore as well. I know they were working on that. Kelly, thanks so much. Have a great weekend, and hopefully we'll talk to you before Christmas. Kelly Walquist with Wine, Women in the New Evangelization, and the Archdiocese of Minneapolis-St. Paul, talking about new book from Word Among Us, Wisdom from Women in Scripture. Get it for Christmas. You can buy it now. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by the following nonprofit underwriter. Finding health care for yourself and your family can be isolating and confusing. That's why the Catholic Health Alternative, CMF Curo, is offering Christ-centered health sharing for individuals and families, along with new wellness services to help heal and restore your whole person, spirit, mind, and body. Visit cmfcuro.com to find out more. That's cmfcuro.com, where you can experience Christ's healing love in your health and wellness. Hi, I'm Al Cresta. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child? In developing countries like Haiti and Guatemala, children don't make Christmas lists, and they don't expect Christmas gifts. All their parents earn must go to food, shelter, and water. Can you picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift? Send them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. The Wisdom of Mother Angelica. Isn't it awesome that we today do not recognize His presence in the Eucharist? Is it because we really don't go to Him in humbleness of heart and say, Lord, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, I want to see you. I want to recognize you. I cannot live without you. Are we saying that? EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Wishing you a beautiful, blessed weekend, December 15, 2023. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. If you'd like 
to re-listen to any of our program this morning or any day you can go to in a few hours. Andrew usually has everything linked up at our website for Ave Maria Radio, AveMariaRadio.net. We have an archive section. You can go there. He also gives summaries in terms of the resources. So, for example, I have a link to E.W. Chan and our programming for our interview with Doug Keck that we do every Friday. We have an interview to the new book. That's coming out today, actually available today, which is Wisdom from Women in Scripture. And it's all there for you. It's all in there, as that old uh, ragu spaghetti sauce commercial would say. But I would never eat spaghetti sauce from a jar. Anyway, just saying. <laughs> I digress, but you get it. Coming up on Monday, looking forward to having a very in-depth conversation with a wonderful priest who did a really, really deep dive into Intermorifica. They're celebrating the 60th anniversary into that very important document on the culture and the media. It's not that long. It's easy to read and so timely. And so, of course, evergreen. Have a great weekend. Ciao, ciao. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.